Hey, 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 I am Brandon Beliso, and this is Success Never Sleeps. It's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on the West Coast. And what is this all about? This is about you and me, small business owners, cultivating a mindset of success through processes, practices, culture, brand, living from the why, serving our community. We create not only a sustainable business, but a growth-oriented business that works for us versus we working for it. So each week I feature a different topic, and with that we offer ourselves the unique opportunity to live, learn, and grow, right? It's all about living your best life. It's all about that. And that's what I live and die from. And that's my purpose. Cool, cool, cool. So I want to begin by thanking my sponsors as always. So my sponsors, we have my studio. You know, they just had another update. I'm digging where they're going, right? If you don't have a good CRM system like my studio driving your school, then I think you're missing out. We're now rethinking, right? We don't have front desk people. Right, which is something that my studio professed a long time ago. One of their locations did $470,000 last year gross with one instructor. You hear me? $470,000 gross with one instructor. And it's still growing and climbing. So in our schools now, we have no front desk person and we have no front desk period. So we're actually, you know, redesigning. We're going to rip out our front desks. And I just see this thing along the wall. Right along this wall, what am I going to have? It will say, hypothetically, uh, one fit fitness kickboxing. You could take a brochure, and above it will be a QR code for a trial. Take your phone, scan the QR code, boom, you can sign up for a trial. You want to sign up for membership? Scan another QR code. So that whole world is changing. We find that most people who walk through our door have already scheduled a trial through our website, have scheduled a trial through the app. So they come in and we know they're coming because we see it on our list every day what trials are coming through the door. So if you're a walk-in, if you're a walk-in, you know, it's kind of like when you walk into a store, right? When I walk into a store and the person working there says to me, hi, how may I help you? What do you say 99% of the time? Go, put it in the comments. I'm looking for them. What do you say 99% of the time? What do you say? Put it in the comments. I'm checking here on my phone. James Walker is here. Letitia from LC Accounting is here. Mish from Artisan Martial Arts. Jason Smith, James Walker. Keep coming, folks. Keep coming, keep coming. I love, I love it, I love it. I love it, I love it. Keep coming more. So what do you say? What do you say when you walk into that store? Just looking. Thank you, Conrad. I am just Looking, right? I'm just looking. Conrad from Respect Martial Arts in Southern California. I'm just looking. So 99% of the time when somebody walks through the door, what do they need? A class schedule, you know, the why of the program, how much it costs. It should all be there. So I should be able to walk in, and it should be so clearly defined. That's why when I walk in and I see the iPad and I see the QR codes, everything's very clear. So our next level is we're actually going to have a kiosk. Uh, we're going to have an iPad on a stand. Everybody's going to do their own attendance, but it'll be separate from that area. So there'll be an iPad on a stand, right, where people come in before they walk under the floor. They scan in and do their attendance. That's the next level. We won't take attendance because that takes up time from the instructor who's setting up his class. If you want to walk in during a class, you grab a brochure, you scan the QR code for the trial. It's a done day. Right now, if somebody wants to buy a t-shirt in our pro shop, you know what they do? They take out the app, they find the t-shirt in the pro shop, then they go into the app and they pay for it in the shopping cart. We do nothing. We do nothing. Nothing. The goal is we have to keep that pro shop stocked with all the different sizes and make them accessible. We have big sizing tags on them now. They're easy to maneuver. People can grab them very, very simply. So that's where we're going. And we're going to create that. And then for both our locations, there's one admin, right? One admin is going to control, I want to cancel my membership. I need a refund. You know, I have this challenge. Give me uh, your, your federal tax ID uh, so I can write off summer camp. That kind of stuff will be handled through admin. And admin will control both locations. Cool? And what do I do? I go into my studio, study the KPIs, see the growth, see what's going on. That's my, my pulse. I don't go to San Francisco. I haven't been to San Francisco in a long time. I'm here in Millbury because it's close to my home. Cool? All right. So my studio, if you don't have it, get it. 
Kids love life skills. You know, we've really changed. We're a subscription-based model now. We have support videos we're loading up. We have email flows. We're going to do uh, hold your hand. We want to be your partner. We are not a badge company. We're not just selling you this turnkey system. We recognize for you to be the best in life skills education in your community, you need our support. So it's a partnership. It's a partnership. And there's no switch and swatch and mix. We had somebody the other day, well, I don't want the belt stripes. Can I get more badges? No. Trust us. Stick with the vision. We'll get you there. So look for Zoom meetings coming up. We just really want to educate the consumer, educate our partner, because we believe life skills education is today, tomorrow, and the future. Nobody's going to go to a soccer coach and say, teach my kid focus and discipline. They will walk into your martial arts school and demand it. And if you don't have a powerful systematic life skills system in place, you are going to lose. You will be viewed as an extracurricular activity, and parents will not look at you as an investment. I'm very proud to say we promote what we do as an investment, not just simply fitness or something for your kid fun to do, we promote our school as an investment in your child's higher education and their learning. Let Kids Love Life Skills do that for you. My sister, Letitia, LC Accounting, I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks, my sister. She's, she's definitely one of the forces in my life. She gives me the freedom that I experience today. She keeps me on track. She helps. It just, I mean, if you're not working with my sister, then you need to. She works with me, Stephen Reinstein, Chris Rodriguez, so many people in our industry, heavy hitters, and she knows her stuff. And she's a martial artist. I dig it. Market Muscles. I can't wait to see Stephen and the gang in a couple weeks. I'll be out on the East Coast at the um, his summit, his movement summit, and I get to hang out with them and share. I've got a great topic. I'm talking about disruption, success in a brave new world. I really believe disruption is the key to what we're gonna need to do moving forward. I see people like Kim Herzog here. Kim, I miss you, my brother. Kim Herzog all the way in Germany. Germany's here. And Kim Herzog now produces videos. And he loves it. He produces videos for martial arts school owners to use to promote their programs and promote their school. That's disruption. You know why, Kim? Nobody was doing that in Germany before you. So I applaud you. That is an example of disruption. I know kids love life skills, the way it's delivered. Nobody does it like that. That is a form of disruption. And disruption is when somebody comes into an industry and they do things in such a unique way that you stand out above the noise because that's really what it's about. And that's why everything we're doing today, <clears throat> and if you have a question, put it in there. You know what it's all about today? It's all about think big and grow your small biz, right? Think big, think big. And I don't mean think big. I see this one all the time and I just, you know, knuckleheads. I'll see the school owner going, I've got a team. I have freedom. And I look and he's got a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds running his school, you know, so he can pretend he's doing it big. No, 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 no. You need to be a hands-on owner in the beginning of this thing. You need to wake up 24-7, 365, and you run that business, you work that business, you do everything. When this pandemic started, we talked about this the other day, we became a brand new business. What? We did. We became a brand new business. We became a virtual business. We became an outdoor in a parking lot business. We became, you know, uh, delivering belts on the end of a stick business. We became a whole new business. And I was grateful to do that. But it was that mindset shift that allowed us to pivot quickly. We pivoted quickly from being indoors, in-person classes, a thousand students, all of a sudden, boom, we dropped down to 700 students right when the pandemic first hit. We pivoted online within a week. We were online fully functional. You know, we we're running six, seven stations. We pivoted into our, our fitness kickboxing. That was being broadcast all over the world. We pivoted into 15-minute free virtual privates, all done through the app. You view through the app, you sign, you sign in for your class through the app, all of it was there. Right? We came up with virtual belt stripes. We came up with video games. Thank you for the video games, Marco. And we came up with this whole thing because all of a sudden we were a new business. And the challenge with that is I had people sitting there going, nope, nope, nope. It'll be over in a month. Nope. I'm not doing that. Nope. Because they were fixed. Their mindset was fixed. And how many restaurants have died because they wouldn't do DoorDash? They wouldn't do Uber Eats? No, my product doesn't taste good if it's takeout. Well, that's all you were given. That's what you were given. So why wouldn't you pivot into takeout? See? And the reason that all happened because that fixed mindset, they were a simply a business that functioned on 
wanting to make money. This is how I make money. This is how I make money. I can't make money that way. That was the mindset. Whereas, looking at where all these businesses started, take a look at this. Take a look at this, right? I'm very passionate about this because I've worked with so many. Apple, Google, Amazon, Harley Davidson, Disney, Mattel, the toy company, all started in a freaking garage. A freaking garage. But the one thing they were very, very clear about from day one was what? Purpose. They had a very clear purpose. They had a very clear why. They had a very clear why. And if we look at most of these people, okay, when you think of Apple, who do you think of? Steve Jobs, right? Steve Jobs. Think about that, right? When you think of Amazon, who do you think of? Jeff Bezos. When you think of Disney, who do you think of? Walt Disney. So they had very strong leadership from day one, but more than simply leadership, they had a very clear visionary that got the purpose of why we're doing what we want to do. Steve Jobs said in 1975, 1976, when, when Apple first came to be, was founded, that we want to make a computer that everybody could have that's small and personal, they can move around. Because computers were big and bulky, and they sucked, and they, you know, they were just not what needed to be. So they, they already, back then in 1976, they wanted to create a personal computer that was small enough, you could use at home, you could take anywhere you go. And that was 1976. They didn't really, you know, they made money, but they didn't hit their stride. They didn't become huge till the second coming of Steve Jobs in 1995, 20 freaking years later. And they, then all of a sudden, I came in. I'm back. iPod, iPhone, iPad, the I, the I. And what that really represented for me was the individual. It spoke to the individual. And that individual became billions of people using, I, I, you know, using Apple products today. So I really want you to take note of that, right? Number one, it needs to be strong, strong, strong leadership. Strong leadership. You need to be the captain of that ship. You need to be the leader of the band, right? You need to do that. Think about that. Think about it. the Jackson 5 or the Jackson 5, but Michael Jackson stepped up. He was Michael Jackson. The band plays on, right? Walt Disney to this day is an iconic figure for his philosophies. So many of his companies still live and die by Disney's core values and philosophies. So think where you start, but you need to start with a very clear vision. Will things change? Yeah. Disney's mainly focusing on streaming now. I get it. Right, I get it with Disney Plus, but the core values of Disney, the vision of Walt Disney, still stands true today as it did when they started in the 1940s or whatever. Right, Apple, the core values of Steve Jobs still stand true today. Right now, they've morphed it. I guess this year, instead of think different, right, which was Steve Jobs' whole thing, think different with the second coming of Steve Jobs. Now it's think different, but not too different. Now, now the reason I'm going to tell you that's valuable. And I want to jump into this right away. I believe I think it's important in any business, and this is Buddhism, right? Buddhism, and, and, and I vacillate, I enjoy a lot of Buddhist practices, is the yin and the yang, right? If you're going to open a business and all you're going to be is rah, 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 you know, cheerleader, we're going to make it, we're going to make it, that is foolish. That is foolish. You know me, I'm a very positive, grounded soul. But I'm ever mindful, when I look at a business, I always do a SWOT analysis. Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Be very, very clear about that. Very clear, very clear on that. Very clear. So, if I'm going to open a business, I have to know that business can fail. You know why? Because if that business is not happening, and I know it's not going to happen, and I go down with the ship, that's silly. That is freaking silly. You know how many Starbucks they open every year? Well, do you know how many Starbucks close every year? Look up that figure for me, Marco, and plug it in there. How many Starbucks open every year, and how many Starbucks do they close every year? Look that up for me, Marco. Just, you know, give me that info. Hey, Virginia, what's happening? Hey, folks, don't forget to share the video. Oh, Andreas. Andreas, you know, a great brand. Andreas Schuster is also in Germany. I was had the privilege of working with Andreas in his school and cultivating trust martial arts. I love the brand to this day. I love the logo, and I'd really want to know how you're doing. Put it in there for us, Andreas. Let me know how you guys are doing, how things are growing. Chris, Chris Chang, Chang Wu Lee. What's up, buddy? Who else is here? 
Bob Poole, what's happening, Bob? I love it, man. As you guys come aboard, say hi so I can give you a shout out here. Live at Facebook. Live at Facebook. So, the yin and the yang. I know we love what we do and we're going to make it. And I get all that. But any smart business person, any smart business person is going to be very prudent. Very prudent. You know, I was reading about the founders of Google. I believe they were either at eight, it's Google or Microsoft. I don't know exactly. I don't know if they were working at HP or where they were working at. You think they just quit that, that great job they had at HP to launch, you know, that company? I think it was Microsoft. Might have been Microsoft. But they sat there and they held on to that day job until they knew they were making enough money. Until they knew they were making enough money to make that move. It's the same thing here. I'm working with a couple of school owners right now in Wisdom. My, my, ooh, oh, I love wisdom. We're having so much fun. Anybody want to be part of wisdom? Three spots left. Marco, put the link for wisdom in there as well. You know, three more business owners. If you want to start wisdom with me, you're more than welcome to. But a couple of them are still working day jobs. And I would never tell them to leave that day job until we were generating enough revenue to replace the income they're currently getting from that day job. No, I'm going to take a leap of faith. No, that, a leap of faith is, is not smart in business right, is not smart. You want to be very methodical and you want to move through that process until you're generating enough revenue in that small business for you to leave that day job. And you're aware of all of it. I have to come up with my own medical, my own retirement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I no longer have that cush. I don't have that cush. But the yin to the yang is once you're fully integrated into your small business, you understand. And that's why people open small businesses is that you determine your wealth. I went from making $36,000 a year is what I was paying myself at the first location when I first opened to all of a sudden I was making 60, all of a sudden I made 160, and then all of a sudden I was making 325, boom, boom, boom. That's the beautiful thing about that. That is the beautiful thing about that is when you create a business, the potential of how much you want to earn is yours all day. Okay, so hey, check this out, you guys. 2020 numbers for Starbucks. They closed 400 stores. In 2020, 300 open, but the numbers are off due to the pandemic. They've had to change the original goal. So they closed 400 stores in 2020 and they opened 300. So do not be afraid. If you open multiple locations and one isn't flying, close it. Freaking close it. It's not some freaking Mr. Miyagi. I got to continue the legacy stuff. It is business. Right, We just re-signed the lease for San Francisco for a new 10-year lease. But we had a long conversation. Is it time to close San Francisco after 22 years? Is it time? Right? Is the revenue still there with the way people have been leaving San Francisco, et cetera, et cetera? But you know what? We had a conversation about this the other night. If you drive into San Francisco right now, right? I was there last night for the Warriors game. All of South of Market we have huge medical centers. All this has been built in the past 20 years, right? And it's all brand new. Plus, if you go like this across the skyline of San Francisco, crane, 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 crane. There is mass building going on in San Francisco. Mass building. Me as the visionary, what do you think I see? Even though we have a huge homeless situation, people tents on the sidewalks, you know, stores boarded up left and right. What do I see? that nobody else sees, right? The Yang is there's a huge homeless thing, a drug situation, crime is high, right? There's, there's freaking boarded up businesses left and right, but what am I seeing? Anybody, what do you see? What do you see? Anybody see where I'm going with this? Right. Good. Oh man, Starbucks was originally slated to open 600 stores. So, but I as the visionary, you know, people say, well, why did you sign a 10-year lease? Believe me, we're thinking of closing up and moving further south past the Millbury location because there's room for after school, et cetera, et cetera. But why, why, did, why did we decide to sign a new 10-year lease? Other than the fact they forgave $40,000 of the back rent we owed. We got a reduced rent because commercial rents are much lower in San Francisco right now. Now is the time to do that. And we did that because what just happened? Interest rates went up. Things are going up. Inflation's going up. Now's the time to renegotiate that lease. And we're going to do the same thing in Millbrae. We still have like three years left on this lease, but we're going to go back to the landlord and we're going to try to renegotiate Millbrae at a lower price. It's time because timing is important when it talks to business, right? So why do you think I did that? 
even though San Francisco looks in a disarray. Why do you think I did that? Any ideas? Think about that and put it in the comments. So the yin and the yang, the yin and the yang. I want you to be very, 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 very clear about that. And this is a big one for me, spending right. I watch too many small businesses, especially school owners, spending money they have no business freaking spending. Well, it takes money to make money. I understand that, but you need to spend right. Okay, you hear me on that? Spend your money right. You make the choice where to spend it, where not to spend it. I'm working with two young kids. They're like in their freaking 20s, and they're in wisdom, right? They're currently in a community center. But why are they spending a lot of money to work with me in wisdom? I asked them that question because they understand I've made tons of mistakes. I've had small businesses for over 30 plus years and the money they invested with me will be small, will be chump change compared to the money I'm going to save them in the mistakes and stuff they would make without this knowledge. And we're cultivating a business for the future. Many startups just starting out, they put a huge budget aside for branding, not marketing, branding. If you look at my studio right now, they've only begun to run ads and things like that. The first couple of years, they prided themselves. We spend no money on advertising for my studio. You know why? Because it wasn't to that point. They were very smart. So spending money right. Where did they put all their money? Developing the product, getting feedback from the user. Tons of it. To over $2 million they put into my studio. It's smart. It's smart. So I think the big thing, a lot of small business owners don't understand where they should be spending their money. Out of fear, I need to get clients. So what do they do? They spend shitloads of money on some Facebook guru for marketing. Marketing is not the key to growing your business. Marketing is one key, but it is not the only key, but I get it. You open this brick and mortar location, it's empty, you're freaked out, right? So my goal, like a restaurant, I don't want anybody walking by my brick and mortar store and seeing it empty, ever, ever, ever. So what did we do? We did white belt classes six days a week. Why? Because we have to fit their schedule, not the other way around. Two, I always wanted somebody on the mat. Remember, we opened Millbury with nothing but white belts right? I always wanted somebody on the mat. We gave our facility to the Girl Scouts on Friday night for confidence building workshops and we packed it. Saturday, we were doing free things. My kids would sit here playing dodgeball with their friends on a Saturday. I simply did not want the school to be empty. We did everything we could to make it look like it was a happening place. You feel me? So I was spending money on pizza, electricity, things of that nature, but I was spending my money right. Spend your money Right. Write that down. So what, what does that mean you have to do? Hook up with someone like Letitia. Create a budget. Stick to your budget. Stick to your budget. Imperative to your success. Cool? So spend right. Let's see who else is coming aboard. All right. If you have a question, please put it in the comments and share them with me. Virginia, spend money and invest time becoming a community hero. Yeah, absolutely. You see, because that's the one thing I do have. And somebody asked me that in the beginning. Well, you, you know, what should I do? I said, well, the one thing you do have, you are the number one resource. Get out in the community, serve the community, join the Chamber of Commerce. That's why it's there. B2B, get to know other businesses, network, learn from their mistakes, become a hub in your community. That's been huge for us during this pandemic. Between San Francisco and Millbrae, we were the beacon of light. We were who people came to. You know, how many virtual events did you see us do last year? We did so many silent auctions, the Millbrae Lions Club. We did a toy drive. You know, we did another silent auction for the Millbrae Educational Foundation. We were constantly involved in the community. Become that community hero. I love that. I love that, Virginia. Be a community hero. That's powerful. And that's an example of spending right because nobody cares what you know until they know that you care, right? And you can say all day long, well, what's my return on investment for having a cotton candy machine? It's not about that. It's about giving back to your community and positioning your business as a business that cares. So spend right. Create a budget. Stick to a budget. Live by that budget. Live by that budget. Next one, systems. 
You know, I'm a big systems guy, and a lot of times we don't write systems. I get it. I'm still writing systems because, you know, I will always write systems. I have to review systems. I have systems that are obsolete. Don't think that I've got the golden ticket on that. We are so weak in some areas of our business now because we are a new business. We are a new business, folks, and we're still devising stuff, right? But I'm going to tell you, we had a somewhat of an outbreak between two locations in, in the last part of December. So we automatically, just out of safety precaution, we pivoted online for one week. Just one week. One week is all we did. Guess what? Out of our 910 active students, one person complained. Everybody else said, okay, because virtual is so widely accepted, and the fact that we have an active virtual schedule and it's there, everybody pivoted into it without batting an eye batting an eye. That's not a system we have yet, right? So writing these systems, uh, it's a constant. It's the work of an architect. Please read E-Myth. Put it in there, Marco. Everybody read E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you have not read that, then you will suffer. One of the main things they talk about, there's the technician, right? The person doing the work on the mat. There's the manager, the manager managing the people doing the work. But ultimately, there's the architect. You are the architect right now. You are the manager, and you're probably the technician for most small businesses. That, that, that what, ails, what ails that small business owner is they're a technician, purely a technician. And there's only so many hours in the day. So they're the technician. They open the door, take the money, they teach the classes. But they never get past that. Never. They never spend the time doing the architect work, the visionary work, right? The visionary work. How do I move this business from zero to 50 students, 50 students to 100 students, 100 students to 150? How do I, how do I, how do I move that needle? How do I do that? You know? And then how do I move from being somebody who works in my business to working on my business? How do I go from creating a business I work for to having a business that works for me? Right? So that's visionary work, and systems are key to that. But if you're always doing the work yourself, you never sit down and write those systems. So you need to carve a chunk of time out right now. Every day, I will sit down and write systems. And these systems will not be me talking to me. It will be me writing a system to train a team to do it. I'm right now writing systems for our after-school program because they were done innately by our last after-school coordinator, and it's getting a little chaotic. Fortunately, I'm on site, TJ's here on site, so we can direct traffic. But tomorrow I have a big meeting with my after-school team, and based upon their feedback and just a couple of band-aids right now, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write systems for them. Systems, because we need systems. We had Nicole running it for five years. She did things very innately. She had her own set of systems. But right now, I need to write these systems. It's never going to stop. So please understand, you need to be a master of writing system. And you don't write systems for you, you're writing systems for your, your demographic. Who's your core team, right? Is it high school kids, college kids? You know, is, is it instructors who've been working for 10 years? Do you have a mix of two? Write systems for people, right? As they say in Emith, I'm writing systems for ordinary people to perform extraordinarily, okay? And he talks about that because Ray Kroc said that. You know, think about it. McDonald's is a trillion-dollar business based upon who? Kids. High school kids. College kids, right? Most fast, fast food jobs are done by kids. Freaking kids. But they recognize that. So they wrote these amazing systems for kids to perform extraordinarily. We're somewhat in that position, right? We have a lot of high school 15-, 16-year-old black belts teaching running our after school, involved in summer day camps, write the systems for them. But more importantly, don't just write the systems for them, write a system to train them. That's the big one. And I really got, you know, higher learning from that, from Kelly Miri Guys. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Put her name in there, Marco, because I love giving credit where credit is due. And what Kelly said that was so profound was, I'm writing systems, but... Do I write systems to train people on it? Oh, and then add Rudy Mick into the mix. Rudy Mick said, trust and track, trust and track, right? I trust these systems I wrote, and then I will track them, right, as people implement and, and run these systems and execute these systems. So, but what Kelly said that was so profound, she said, you know, 
think. How many hours does it take to sit at a table and explain the system and ask questions, okay? Next step, how much time does it take to train them on the mat in this system? Great. Next step, they shadow me. How many days or hours does that take? Great. The next step, I shadow and oversee them. Great. Next step, they go at it on their own and I monitor that system. So there's a lot of steps in there, isn't there? There's a lot of steps in there. And when Kelly did that presentation at the Super Show, I was sitting there going, wow, I'm missing a couple of steps in there. I've written this great system, right? And we train the team on it, but we've never sat down and documented, okay, here's the, you know, the belt tying system, right? How much time do we spend sitting in the classroom talking about it? I don't know, 10 minutes? Sure. Okay, then we step on the mat. How many minutes do we spend learning how to tie the belt? 30 minutes, right? And then how many minutes do I spend shadowing them, watching them in real time in classes and stuff? Okay, then great. I mean, them, them watching me tie belts, great. Then the next step, I shadow them. I mean, that, that was very profound. And I thought that was super cool. And what that we're like is to who's ever been in a restaurant, right? Who's ever been in a restaurant and you've seen the waiter come up like this and standing next to them with a little name tag, you know, waiter in training. Who, who's ever done that? Who's ever seen that? And so the light went off on me because I've seen it many, many times. And, but I'm saying, you know, giving credit where credit's due. When I heard Kelly do that presentation, I was like, yep, 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 yep. That's it. That's it. So it made sense to me. So we're working on that. And it's a constant. It will never end. It will never, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, ever. And I could. I could hire somebody just to write systems for me. Serious, serious as a heartbeat. Serious as a heartbeat. Because I understand a systems-driven business moves me from being a personality-driven business to a systems-driven business. And if I can do that, then I can train people to do it better than me, and it provides me with the freedom I need. Make sense? Who's with me on that? Put it in. But because you're, you are the technician and you just do this work and do this work and do this work, you never see the need to sit down and write systems because all the systems are here. The challenge with that is you will never grow that business past 100, 150 students because it's a personality-driven business and you do all the work. That's it. That's it, right? And that leads me, that leads me into the next thing. You can't grow alone. You can't. You can't grow alone. Right? There's going to come that tipping point. That's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell. The, the tipping point. You're going to hit that tipping point where you're going to hit that 150 mark, then it's going to drop to 125. You're going to hit the 150 mark, it's going to drop to 125. Because you, as one person, can only do so much of that work. Right? Only do so much of that. Think about it. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, sitting in the garage for Apple. What? How many employees does Apple have today? Find that figure for me, Marco. How many employees does Apple have today? It started out with two freaking guys in a garage. Then he got his buddies to help. And, you know, if you ever watch any of the movies on Apple, it's just fun, right? It's fun, but it's not glamorous. It's not like you think, right? It's not like you think. So think about that. No one can write systems better than the architect of the business. Systems are not glamorous, but they are vital for growth. Yes, they are, Jason. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm not good at writing systems. Well, you know, like you were a white belt at one time. Your front kick sucked. You practice. And a lot of them are going to be horrible. And then you rewrite them and you rewrite them. But the one thing I understand, I can't grow alone. I can't grow alone. I can't. I can't. You know, so we're rebuilding our company in many, many ways now. We're, we're growing our business. Um, and for me, I can't do it without my team. We wouldn't have made it through this pandemic without this team. I love my team. Uh, I want to take care of my team to not my, the best of my ability. And I think it's important. Um, I think it's important for me to pay that team better than anybody else can. You know, we just had one of our people go back to school full time. And I told her, you know, you want to be in child education. When you come out of college, whatever they're going to pay you, you show me that on paper, whatever job you're looking at, <coughs> and we'll pay you better. Because I want to open a school for this person. And I believe they're going to make me millions of dollars. So you guys that are sit there that tell me, you know, I have 50% net. 
I do a 50% net. The first thing I'm going to tell you, you do all the work yourself and you probably pay people really crappy. Marco, look for me. What is, okay, so 2021, Apple has 154,000 employees. It started with how many? Two. So you can't grow alone, all right? You can't grow alone. That's it. That's it. Done day. You can't grow alone. So, Marco, tell me what is the net profit on a McDonald's franchise? What is the net profit? Well, because that, that you can buy a franchise. Well, what is the profit on that? Let's just take McDonald's, okay? Because my net profit was around, pre-pandemic was up around 30%, 35%. It's dropped because as we came out, as we're still in this pandemic, as we came through it, we gave everybody back raises, right? Back pay and bonuses because we had no cost of living for a year and a half and inflation is crazy right now. And then we gave everybody huge raises. I gave some people up to a 25% raise. We had somebody at $17. We took them to 25. I mean, 22 from 17 to 22. That's a 25% raise, right? And that's pretty good. But I'm telling you, you can't grow alone. And if you take care of this team really, really well and value their life outside of your business and you work that together, you're going to be in a whole different position. Richard Branson said it so well. I take better care of my employees than I do the customers because I believe if I take really good care of my employees, they're going to take care of the customers. Makes sense to me all day, every day. Cool? Ying yang, tried and true, but okay. So I want to talk about this one for a minute, tried and true. There's a lot of tried and true practices out there. We understand that, right? That's why they say, don't reinvent the wheel, but learn to car drive the car better. Well, guess what? Now we have autonomous cars, people, cars that drive themselves. Guess what? One day we're going to have flying cars. So yeah, 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 yeah. Tried and true, tried and true, tried and true, tried and true. But innovate. Be the innovator in your community, right? How are you going to stand out above the white noise? How are you going to separate you from the mass? If all you do is take everybody, we teach focus, we teach discipline, right? Why is it that there's always a new burger place opening up? It's a freaking hamburger. It is a freaking hamburger. We've had McDonald's, we've had Burger King, we've had Jack in the Box, we have freaking In-N-Out Burger, now we have Shake Shack, we got Five Guys Burger, we got Wall Burger, we have The Habit. It's fundamentally a hamburger. That's the tried and true part. Everybody loves a freaking burger, right? Everybody. But what is the innovation behind Wall Burgers? The brothers, their vision, what? What is, you know, the innovation behind Five Guys? The freaking peanuts? Right? What is the innovation behind Shake Shack? Right? Is it because you go in and, and, and order through an through a, uh, iPad? What is your innovation? That's what I'm trying to share. Yes, it's martial arts. Let's see. Um, with franchisees netting an annual profit of roughly 150000 But look at this. The average McDonald's restaurant generates nearly $2.7 million in annual sales, making it the fourth highest grossing chain in the U.S. by sales per unit behind Chick-fil-A. Right? But Marco, how much is 150000 Right? That's the profit that a franchisee is making. What is What percentage is $150,000 on $2.7 million? Go. Put it in there for me, Marco. And so, you know, I'm saying yes, yes, yes. We tie the belt. We teach the class, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But what is your innovation? What separates yours? And I'm going to challenge you. I want you to go out and study Journey Martial Arts. Virginia has really cultivated that into something unique and special. Unique and special. And, and I think it's amazing what she does. And it's only time. Think, right? Apple opened in 1975, Virginia, 1976, not until the second coming of Steve Jobs in 95, 96, and the innovation of i, iMac, iPod, iPhone, did Apple go into the stratosphere, right, to go into the stratosphere. So, yes. Oh, so good. There you go. Thank you, Marco. So, there is the net. There is the net. 5.5%. 5.5% is what the average 
franchise team makes on a McDonald's. So when you're boasting to me that you do a 50% net, I'm going to say you're doing all the teaching. We drove our payroll from 30-something to percent up to 60 I don't know, Letitia has a number up to 60% right now because the core team that has really exemplified their loyalty that have been with me this long and innovated with me and pivoted with me are going to reap the benefits. Those of you that jump ship, names I won't name, but I think we know the name. I'm going to say that because it pissed me off to this day. I think it's more because I'm hurt at a heart level because I do love that person. I'll say that publicly. I love you, but you're an asshole. Oh, can I say that? I said that. Okay. But that aside, we've had to pivot and adapt. I was out there last Saturday setting up for these guys outside because we went back outside just for the month of January with the new, you know, surge and this new variant. We went back outside and this grass is wet and it's cold. And these guys are out there with a big smile on their face. And I'm going to say, you know, I love you guys. I love my team. They're freaking out there. You know, TJ's hustling. You know, TJ reaches out to me and asks me to do things. I never say no. Letitia never says no. We figure it out. Right? We figure it out. And those people I love with my heart. And we're going to get through this thing. And, woo, you have no idea what it's going to look like on the other side. And when Steve Jobs came back and they asked him back as the interim CEO, he came back. And he never said, I told you so. He never said, you guys are dicks for, you know, kicking me out of my own company. He came back because he knew he had the vision. I have the vision. I know what One Martial Arts is going to do as we've done through this pandemic. This has been a test of who we are, of our culture, of what we can do. And we've innovated. You've seen me. It's been very public. Our level of innovation through this pandemic is why two big schools like us are still standing. And all the moving parts, Letitia, all the moving parts, the team, all the moving parts, everybody, right, that has stuck through me and not blindly followed me, but trusted me. Because there is no data for distance learning camps. Nobody's ever did it until recently. There's no data for doing online classes until recently. So we were going into this brave new world and this unknown, and they trusted me. And for that, they're going to make a lot of money with me. I'm going to say it. Those of you who jump ship, you know, you know how I feel about that. That's some weak-ass shit. Because I understand failure is the path to success. If you're not ready to fail, go get a day job. Be nice and safe and warm and fuzzy. Wake up 40 years from now with a pension and a gold watch and look back and go, what the hell happened to my life? The only people who want to retire are the people whose lives suck, right? I'm never going to retire. I love what I do. I love what I do. Oh, my video is kind of acting up a little bit. Sorry about that. I love what I do. So I will continue to do it forever. You know, I, I came back to teaching when this pandemic started and I've been teaching 30 hours a week. I love it. Before that, for the better part of a decade, I taught two hours a week if I wanted to. But it was smart business. Pandemic happens. First thing you do, cut your payroll, cut your rent. Two biggest expenses, right, for most of us. Payroll and rent. I cut it. I had to. I had to. And I came back to work. One of the smartest decisions I ever made. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'll be 60 next week. Bam, bam, bam. So it's all been a good day, but you got to make the right moves and you make those sacrifices. So I recognize failure is the path to success. I have thousands of dollars of equipment that was yucky, useless, and funky for virtual. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's just the way it is. Failure is the path to success. And just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. You only become a failure when you quit. But like I said at the top of this thing, how many Starbucks have closed? If that thing ain't working, don't beat a dead horse. Don't go down with the ship. You know, when I watch the Titanic and the captain's sitting there, you know, on the bridge going down with the ship, that's silly. That smart captain should be ripping wood off, making boats, doing everything he can to get everybody off that freaking boat. It might be romantic, you know, with the freaking trio playing on the deck going down. No, 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 no. It's not romantic at all. A great leader leads the team through this, things like this pandemic. That's what a great leader does. I only fail when I give up. And for me, like Apollo 13, failure is not an option, but failure is the path of success. Yin Yang again, you with me on that? Be with me on that. Cool? All right. This is a big one for me. I think that's real important. The farmer versus hunter mindset, right? People will say to me, well, you know, you're an overnight success. 
right? When, when I had a number one song in the Philippines, right? Overnight sensation. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time's up, pencils down, buckwheat. You know, I started out playing guitar in middle school. I was in the jazz band in high school. I played in bands and slugged out through the club scene all through college. You know, I didn't sign a major record deal till I was in my early 30s. I'm not an overnight sensation. I've gone at this methodically. The problem is we suffer from the hunter mentality. What do you do? You spend freaking $1,000 on some Facebook guru and you, you're looking for, hey, next month I'm going to have 100 students. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. And if you see that on the internet, go the other direction because it's a bunch of BS, right? It's a BS. I will say with Steven Reinstein's Market Muscles, we did sign up 115 new students in August of 2020 between two locations. Divide that in half, that's a good day. That's a good freaking day, right? What is that? Roughly 55, 60 students per location. That's a good day, but that's an anomaly. Kids are going back to school. That is not what it is across the board. We know that. So, hunter, shoot, kill, eat. Hungry, shoot, kill, eat. Hungry, shoot, kill, eat. Hungry. Yeah, I might make some beef jerky and freeze that deer in the freezer, but overall, shoot, kill, eat, shoot, kill, eat. Farmer, farmer, rototill the ground, pull the weeds. Do I have fruit yet? Oh, shit, no, I don't. Okay, plant the seeds, make the rose, water it. Do I have fruit yet? Oh, no. Okay, great. Sap, sapling comes up. Oh, I got these little sprouts everywhere. Do I have fruit yet? No. Okay, great. First season, you know, I, I've got a young tree. Do I have fruit yet? No. Second season, no. Third season. It's not only until like the third or fourth season that one of the highest yielding crops, blueberries, which make the most money, till the third, fourth season, till you have a fruit you can eat. But... Here's the joy of that. So many of us as a small business owner, because we don't get the farmer mindset, we're simply a squirrel trying to get the nut. Write that down, tattoo it on your forehead. Every day, wake up and say, I will not be the squirrel trying to get the nut. Everybody put it in the comments. Own it right now. Write it, write it. Ooh, I have Empower Martial Arts from the UK. What's up, Adam? I've missed you, sir. Where you been? Where you been? Who else is here? I'm taking a mental break. Who else is here? Let me know that you're here. Say hi. Say hi, say hi. All right. So put it in the comments. Say, I will not be a squirrel trying to get the nut. Put it down. I will not be the squirrel trying to get the nut. Okay? Because what does that squirrel do when winter rolls around? Right? They get a bunch of nuts and they store them for the winter. Just enough nuts to eat for the winter. Right? Just enough nuts to eat for the winter. Hey, Ivan in Canada, what's happening, sir? Uh, Jason said it. I will not be the squirrel trying to get the nut. Right? Write it in there. Steve Jobs, 1976, started Apple, didn't really make big money until 1996 when he came back, when I came aboard, right? Okay. Right? So how many seasons? And they made money in there, and they had investors, So, but the money they make now didn't start really, that vision didn't come to fruition until Think Different, the second coming of Steve Jobs. Okay? Now, Facebook is acting up a little, so bear with me. All right. Nobody else is going to write that in there? I will not be a squirrel trying to get the nut. Make sure I'm hooked up here. Good. We're still good. All right. So the reason I say that if I'm simply a squirrel trying to get the nut, I live from the mindset of scarcity because I only get enough nuts to last me through the winter. Right? Then once winter's over, I got to go out and get some more nuts. Whereas the farmer says, I'm not going to be a squirrel trying to get the nut. I'm going to grow this whole orchard of trees. Let's call them walnut trees. And guess what? I'm going to have enough nuts to feed my family. I'm going to have enough nuts to sell at market for a huge profit. And this is the third leg of that, okay? I'm going to have enough nuts to donate and give back to the community and people in need. You see that? So the same thing should happen with your business. That business should be generating enough revenue when it's at fruition, maybe not today, maybe not next year, but ultimately, right, farmer mentality, see the seed, I don't have fruit. See the sapling, I don't have fruit. But farmer mentality, eventually down the road, I want to have an orchard that yields enough money to take care of me and my family. And what do I mean by that? If you want to own a home, you should own a home. That should be in that equation. Put your kids through college. Go on vacation when you want. Take time off when you want. Work when you want. And have enough money to invest in passive income. 
whether it's the stock market, a rental property, you know, whatever the case may be. I like startups, but I've lost money on startups too. I've made money. That's just the way that goes. But I like startups. I like that, that thing, that building things from square one, especially if it's innovative. So know that. And if that's your picture, then please embrace the farmer mentality. Otherwise, otherwise, what happens is this. You make a lot of bonehead moves. And I've seen that. Oh, man, I just spent, you know, freaking $5,000 on this marketing company and I don't have anything. Oh, I just spent $6,000 on this Valpac freaking. And I'm going, sir, why'd you spend that money? Oh, why did I say, sir? Who do we know? No, don't say it, you know. <clears throat> and I just say, why did you do that? Because you're looking for a quick fix. You're looking for instant gratification. There is none in thinking big and growing a small business. Everybody who thought big understood they're in it for the long game. Just like the stock market. You guys out there day trading and doing that knucklehead stuff, that's, that's, that's gambling. Long-term investment, that is wise. That is something I'll take to the bank again because there's enough data to prove that. Cool? And this one's a big one for me, okay? <clears throat> and, 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 and we'll kind of wrap it up with this. And if you have questions, put it in there, right? Believe more than those who don't. Believe more than those who don't. I remember when I was playing in the club, you know, my sister Letitia would watch me. Uh, my, my sisters would come out and people would come out. But, you know, nobody ever thought I would ever make it. And when I signed that record deal in the Philippines... Um, because I wasn't getting one here. There were still people talking shit. And I had a number one song, three top ten hits, a number one selling album. I did it. When I opened up this martial arts school in San Francisco and I'm going no contracts, no upgrades, no belt fees, no enrollment fees, no built-in retails, no sales script, everybody in the industry that was currently owning schools going, you're nuts. The only way you're going to be successful it was contracts, upgrade programs, built-in retail sales. Hey, man, you better learn these sales scripts because you're going to have to sell memberships. And I said, well, well, I don't believe in that. Well, it's what the fitness industry does, and they make a hell of a lot more money than we do, right? Could you imagine that conversation between Blockbuster and Netflix? I know Netflix stock is down right now, but, but bear with me on this, okay? Bear with me. Blockbuster's going, huh, what the hell is that Netflix? What's this? People getting DVDs through the mail. Nobody wants that. They want to come into our store and touch and feel the video box and da 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 da. Well, guess where's Blockbuster today, folks? Gone. Gone, gone, gone. Because Netflix had vision. So when you have that type of vision and it doesn't exist in your industry, tried and true is cool, but innovate, right? Tried and true is cool, but innovate. You have to believe more because I can't tell you how many people have shot me down. Industry people just tear me apart till this day. Just freaking Brandon is a nut. He's a freaking nut. Don't listen to him. He's, I get that all the time to this day. You know why? Because you are set in your ways. And that's cool. If that is your version of success, rock and roll. But because you're here doing this version of success does not mean somebody else can't be successful another way. Right? So you have to believe more than those who don't. It could be your own family, your own significant other, even your own teammates. I'm going to go get a day job. I'm not doing this. It's going to happen because when it's like that, when you have those days where it's raining on you and the people closer to you are raining on your parade, they're raining on your parade, right? Sometimes you're sitting, you have a reef, rough, rough, rough day, and you're, you're trying to figure it out. The people closest to you are raining on your parade. How's that feel? I'll wait. How's that feel? Yeah, Netflix versus the world. Thank you, Markham. It's all in this documentary. Yeah, yep. And how that conversation went. Yep. So that's why you have to believe. But please, don't believe in the sense of, you know, this mythical, magical kumbaya, you know, because I believe I will never fail. No, SWOT analysis, strength, weakness is opportunity. Your strength is you believe. Your weakness is you believe because you're not thinking practical. You don't create a budget. You don't spend right, 
right? You don't realize you can't do it alone. It's me against the world. Nobody believes like I do. So no, 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 no. Yin and yang. As much as I believe, I need to be a realist. Right? And we see that. Example, there was a movie called uh, The Six String Mariachi, it might have been. This guy took all his credit cards to film this movie. Okay? He made his movie. It took off. And it was like the 80s or something. So then after that, he got big budget. And the movie studios came to court and gave this guy big budgets to do The Desperado with Antonio Banderas at the time. And so that's one in a million, you guys. But I understand that because there was a time in my business, I was the only instructor. I took a $50,000 credit card and I used it to guarantee the salary of somebody to come aboard to do payroll, front desk, H&R, everything. So I could teach more because there were only so many hours in a day. So I do understand that. But it was very calculated because I saw the projected growth if I could teach more and somebody took that stuff off my plate. Because I was getting really tired and I was burning out. I needed to teach more and teach better. And I didn't have the systems or anything in place at the time. That was a smart move. Right? Do I recommend you take all your credit cards and open a martial arts school? No. No, I don't. No, I don't. So again, you have to believe more than those who don't. But as I teach in meditation, my feet are firmly planted on the ground. That way my head can sit in the clouds. The yin and the yang. So that's a big part. And I watch people get all gun ho and they run, 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 run. Then, then they totally, you know, implode. And they burn out and they're messed up and they're unbalanced because all they're doing is, I believe, I believe, you know, and it's not healthy. There needs to be a balance. But again, the yin to the yang, I'm going to tell you, you got to believe more than most. So as I said, this is where it all started. Out of a garage, it was a dream. Right? It's all hypothetical when Steve Jobs and Wozniak sat there going, you know, we want to make a personal computer small enough for people to use at home and take with them anywhere. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Just like when they stood there in that meeting and Steve Jobs goes, you know, I want this thing smaller than a computer, bigger than a cell phone. It's internet ready and you can work and we're going to call it an iPad. It's a tablet. Nobody had one. How many people have a tablet now? How many? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Oh, wow. I love this. Thank you, Marco, who's the movie buff. That same guy with the shopping cart, right, who made the movie, Robert Rodriguez. I wonder where he is now. He's working on the book of Boba Fett at Disney. There you go. And Robert Rodriguez, and you read his story. He took credit cards to make, I think it was the six-string mariachi or something. And it was a fun movie. So, you know, I know where we all start. But if, if you're a big company, you think big, your small business is going to grow better and faster. If you think big, your small business will go better and faster. Even when we had one location, you know, people would walk and go all the time, wow, you know, what franchise is this? Because it's branded well, the culture is defined, right? There are systems, even though we still need to work on them. We have a, a, a really unique culture and team, so it behaves like a big business. If your small business can behave like a big business, your opportunity for success will be yours. Cool, cool, cool? All right. So, hey, I want to thank my sponsors once again. My studio, Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting, Market Muscles. If you need their services, reach out to them now. Subscribe to my podcast, Success Never Sleeps. All these episodes are on podcasts. You don't get to see my face, but you can hear it. Or join me for Mindful Meditations. Another amazing podcast. Your mind is the biggest muscle on your body. Subscribe to my podcast. If you dig it, leave me a review. It's on all the major podcast platforms. Please follow me at Instagram. Follow me at Instagram. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's beefed up. It's got thousands of hours of learning. Thousands. Thousands. You want some motivational, positive memes? Go to my Pinterest I have a great page there. You can download it. I saw one guy, you know, Ralph in Switzerland. His whole office has different posters of me, different sayings. Because if I can see it, I can be it. And if one of the things I write resonates with you, print it out. Make it a habit. Read it every day. Cultivate, 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 right? Farmer mentality. Think about that. And then for everything else, go to brandonbleasel.com. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, thank you everybody for being here. I hope you enjoyed this. 
I thank you for sharing it. Let's grow the group. Keep the following strong. Keep things rocking and rolling. Let me get out of this craziness right here, right here. Hey, folks, until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? What? What? What are you going to go out there and do? Now, I just want to stay with you all freaking day long. I do. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, next week's my birthday, January 26th. I'll be the big 6-0. And then I'll see some of you in Virginia. I'll be out in Virginia for the uh, Movement Summit presented by Market Muscles. I'm Brandon Beliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life. Mm -hmm.